who is Fumi Johnson? Look at me. That's me married to one man for 30 years. And together we have three lovely children, Oyi, Ola, and Tom. Ola Dukpa was here. He surprised us. He didn't tell us it was coming. He said, how can my papa and mama come all the way from Nigeria? And I'm in San Francisco. I said, I can't do that. I must be here. Then they plotted a coup with Kali and Josh and, and Pasolinel. We didn't know. And then we saw him. That's an incredible son. Thank you, son, even though you're not here. And next slide, you see me there. That's me at home, taking my seat. As a title holder, when you wear your regalia, you're not ordinary. And let me tell you, you may not have that outfit, but we are being clothed in the spirit. And our regalia are not physical. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty true God for the pulling out of stronghold. So, through the week, we have been told to take our seat. All through now, you have to take your seat. You have to sit on the throne. Now, look at the next slide. April, Pastor Martin turned 60, and then they came to Nigeria in May. We couldn't just let that slide. And we had to celebrate that birthday again. Can you see that? When you have people that you respect, you celebrate them. You don't let that just go unnoticed. Now, see my daughter's wedding. I want you to see what happened there. And when they came, see the family? That's the bride and the groom. In the middle, I see the Williams surrounding them. They were the, on the highest table at the wedding. Now see the bride. You see the next slide? That is my daughter, surrounded by our mamas. Can you see Pastor Linnell? <laughs> Look at the next slide. You see... <laughs> That's Pastor Joshua eating the way we do it in Nigeria. When you have the fufu, you have to dig in and then you take it out and take it in. Okay? Now, can you see Vanessa also doing that thing? Look at the queen. Look at Kali. She was incredible. Thank you so much. And then that's the next slide. You see the bridesmaid flanging the bride and the bride. And then this last slide, you see the bride and the groom and the father signing the marriage registry. Mm -hmm. Endorsing it because this one will stay and it will produce. Okay. And then the last slide. Thank you very much. Like I told you, um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to rush, but I'll take my time. I'm saying two things at the same time, right? <laughs> I'm going to try to rush, but I'm going to take my time. Would you allow me? Yes, now, during the week, we have a couple of, uh, we brought 23 video messages and 23 audio messages that we were selling during the Shake the Nations for $100. But now we're in the house. So we're going to take a $20 off immediately. If you want it, you can come. And the first 50 people that come to buy will have a gift that is worth at least $30 in your stores because I've gone around. 
a phone stand, either for your table or for your car, for the first 50 people that come. You can have that. We had some other things, but they've sold all that out uh, because we're in the house. But if you're here and you really, really want the messages and you can't afford it, please come to me. And for whatever you have, I will be able to help you. Is that also good? Because you're mine. Thank you very much. One more time, I salute you, sir, and ma, and my darling husband. Thank you for always, always recognizing the gift that God has given to me, and I'll just do that. Don't worry, I would... If you're not hearing me, just lift your hand and let me know that I'm speaking too fast. Am I too fast? Good. Today I want to share with you on a topic I've put, learning to pray your purpose. Learning to pray your purpose. But I'm going to start with a little story about alignment. How many people drive cars? You own one, you drive one. I know from 16, here you have to learn to drive. Do you ever have to go to... I don't know where you go to now to do the alignment, the wheel alignment. You go to the garage or somewhere to do it. Yes, we have to do that. When you have to do your MOT in Nigeria, they're going to check that your wheels are aligned. Now, we, we have a couple of bad roads where I come from. So most times, the wheels are not aligned. And when your wheels are not aligned when you're driving, what are the things that happens? Number one, it decreases your fuel efficiency, your fuel economy. That means you're going to use more fuel, more gas, more gas to get you where you're going. It puts more wear and tear on your tires, on your mobility. It stifles it. It's, it's, it makes it a bit more difficult for you to get to your destination when your wheels are not aligned. Then it makes your car more prone to accident because when you're going this way, you're actually turning the other way. So what do we do when our wheels are not aligned? Um, what, what makes our wheels not to be aligned? Let's go to that and see. I'm trying to build something. What makes our wheels not to be aligned? There are three things that causes that. And I want to share that with you now. Sudden disturbance. I told you where I come from, there are a lot of bad roads. You're driving smooth and suddenly you just fall into a ditch. Something happens. You know, we drive a small car that uses suspension, you know, and it's a sport. So when it falls into those ditches, the balloons deflate. And then the car actually tilts physically. Some of you are working and you're tilted because the suspension of your life have been deflated. Because there's no alignment. But when you discover that your car is veering off to the right, when you're driving to the left, what do you do? You go to the garage where they can align you. So today I want to share with you the things that cause um, misalignment, sudden disturbance, bumping into a car, an accident, and some of you have faced that. You face some hardships, molestation, deprivation, some mental health issue. They've caused misalignment in your life. But that's not the end of the story. Because the moment the road is done. I told you we have a couple of bad roads. Just this morning at 2 a.m. I got news from home. That the roads have been fixed. Today the roads in your life will be fixed. And as soon as the roads are fixed. The next thing you do is align your wheels. 
Once the roads are fixed, you may not have control over how the road will be fixed. But God, who has tattooed your name in the palm of his hands, has brought you here this morning. Because he says, I want to fix the road. And once he fixes the road, he gives you the next assignment. You are the one to align your wheels. Because God does not drive cars. He sits on his throne. Can I hear amen? amen? So now, what do we do? Hmm. We know one thing. I want you to look at, turn your Bible to Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. I told you I'm going to teach you how to pray your purpose. We know that God does all things, work all things together. For who? For, the, for who? How many people love God here? But you're not just going to love him. You also need to understand that I love him and I have been doing, done what? Called. I love him. And I am called. You know, for too long, God has been waiting on you to recognize that I love you and you love me too. But you need to also understand I have called you for a purpose. I have called you for an assignment. And if you do not fulfill that purpose, you're going to make others to miss their way. Your call and your purpose is not just about you. There are so many people that will benefit from you answering your call. When a doctor answers and becomes a doctor, he's going to save many lives. When you decide that you're going to be a builder, you're going to push shelter on many people. So you need to recognize that God is waiting for you to take the button and move. So say God loves me. And I love him. And I understand I have been called. Hallelujah. I'm going to share one more scripture before we, we, we move up. You know, um, I think it was on Thursday. Yeah. Pastor Joshua shared a scripture. I had read that scripture many times or I'd never read it in that translation that he, that he, that he shared. And I want us to look at it. You will take the light in God, the mighty one, and look to him joyfully. Job chapter 22 from verse 26. Look to him joyfully, boldly. You will pray to him. Now, he was emphasizing, you know, and listen to him. It would help you do what you have promised. He said, now you promise I love God. Did you say that? Yeah. And that you have been called according to his purpose. He says, it will help you to do what you have promised. But what I've come to do today is to make you understand how you can pray that into manifestation. Because that scripture says, you will pray to him and he will do what? Listen. Do you know the reason we don't get answers to our prayers? The Bible says because we pray amiss. Because that means you can actually be praying and not praying. You can mispray. Because a lot of times what you're doing is contrary to what God wants. And God has his set principles and protocol. Let me tell you, when you come to the king in Africa, if you're supposed to be dressed like 
in three piece and you wear two, you stand the risk of being executed. If you're supposed to come to the palace barefooted, there are places that you enter. Only the king wears shoes. If you wear shoes, you have a problem. Do you know that when Joseph had to go and meet Pharaoh, you know, the Bible says he had to have a clean shave. The Jews don't shave, but he had to do that because the Egyptians do. When you're going to a place, you have to understand the protocol of the place you're going to. So most times we do not get answers to our prayers because we are not properly aligned with the protocol of heaven. So today I'm talking about how to make you understand alignment is the easiest way to get everything done. God is not going to create any more thing. He said it is finished. He did it all. You need to just get it. But your cars are not aligned. The wheels of your life are going this way. Whereas what you want is that way. And today what I want to do is bring you from that way. Where? To this way. Because everything you want is this way. And it doesn't matter how many fasting and praying. How many laboring you do that way. You will never get the solution that way. Because the answer is where? This way. Hallelujah. We're continuing. I want you to know something. This is a confidence that we have, First John chapter 5. This is a confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, somebody say anything. Somebody say anything. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. How many people are confident that they have what they have asked for? There's a woman I saw last year. She wanted a child. I don't know if she's in the church. And she didn't even know she was pregnant. She must have been asking, but she didn't know. And she said, Pastor Fumi, pray for me. Pray with me. And I did. And then she came to me during the STN and said, I have a baby. Um, I, can't know, I can't remember if it's he or she. It's I think three and a half months old. He said, apparently, after the message, I went to check and I saw that I was already pregnant. They don't need babies in heaven. They need them here. Do you understand? And if he will not withhold his own begotten son, Jesus, how much more will he freely give you all things? All things. As far as you can see, he will give it to you. And that's where we're going today. So where am I going to? Why do I want to link purpose to prayer? One day, look at Luke chapter 11. One day, Jesus was praying in the certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. That means teaching the people how to pray was a pattern. John taught his disciples. Jesus taught his disciples. And then we also saw, I'm going to share you one more scripture on that. Luke chapter 5 verse 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him. 
and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Why was Jesus praying? Because the roads of this world are bumpy. And when the roads are bumpy, it causes misalignment. But when we come to pray, we align ourselves with the frequency of heaven. Because it's like, do you listen to the radio? Aha. The, the, when it's not digital, when it's the analog, you have to move to the frequency. If it's in the middle, you won't hear. It just goes, uh, uh. But when it's digital, it goes right on target. Jesus had to pray often because he needed to be aligned at all times. So, when they asked him, he said, this is how to pray. And the worship team, wow. Are you guys in the spirit or in the spirit? The songs they sang, that was my message. You took half of my message. So put your hands together for the worship team. <laughs> because they were singing Matthew chapter 6. And that was a pattern he showed them. A lot of us learned those lines, wrote learning. It's not just to be learned. There are principles locked in it that will cause our alignment. Today, what I'm doing is this. I am straightening the roads. I am removing the potholes. I'm removing all the dents so that we can have a smooth ride. But your cars have been damaged up until now. So you need to take it to the garage. And guess where the garage is? In the presence of God. There is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I don't care for how long you've gone the wrong way. When you come to that stretch road. And you stand in his presence. He says come unto me for I will forgive. Come to me for I will abundantly pardon. If your sin even be as red as scarlet. It will make it as white as snow. He said come let us reason together. So right now. You are on the road and right on the road, there are the mechanics. They are standing with the wheel alignment tools. All they are asking for is, are you ready? Yeah. What are they asking for? Are you ready? So Matthew chapter 6, we're not going to read it. You keep it in your note. And when you get home, read it. Not so that you could cram it the way your grandmama taught you. But so that you can understand that there are principles locked on it. And I'm going to share all eight with you. Number one, when you want to align yourself with purpose, you must know to whom you have come. You must do what? Know who you are speaking to. Esther the queen went to the king, even though the king was her husband. She recognized this is not a husband-wife matter. I have come to the one, the ruler, who can decree and establish. So I would not come to her just like I would come like a maiden. I would come to him with the opportunity that maybe I can find favor in his sight. And then when he was coming to him, he said, no, I wouldn't just go like that. Let me take the care of the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, hey, Mordecai, fast for me three days. Let all the people fast for me because what I'm about to do is to change decree and proclamations. And so I will come to the king. So when I'm coming to the king, because there was a law in their time, if the king does not show you the golden scepter, you're dead. So who are you coming to? 
Not to whom you're coming to. But let me tell you the good news. Who are you coming to? You're not coming to that king. You're coming to your father. So how many people wear an armor tank when you want to go to your dad? You can go to your dad in boxers. Hello, somebody. <laughs> because, you know, you need to see what, um, what we're talking about and don't miss it. I gave you the example to know the power of the one you're coming to, but not to make you scared. Because the one you're coming to is your father, and you don't need all those paraphernalia of office. You don't need that. You can come naked. Tell your neighbor I can go to him naked. Because he's my father. Now, <laughs> know to whom you are speaking. Um, the spirit, um, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I mean, I'm just going to share that with you. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. So that you live in fear again. Rather the spirit you received. Brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him what do we cry? Abba father. How, what do we cry? Abba father. The Bible says you're no longer strangers. You're no longer foreigners. Who are you? Fellow citizens with the saints. And of the household of God. It translated you from the dominion of darkness. To the kingdom of his dear son whom he loved. So when you are coming for realignment, you don't come cap in hand, begging like slaves, coming barefooted. You have been battered and broken. Come. You are succeeding. Come. What, what did we see about Jesus in Luke 15? He just performed some miracles, yet he went for an alignment. So it does not mean that you only pray when you want something. You actually pray when you have everything. <laughs> because you need to know how to distribute what he has given to you. The moment you start doing that, God makes you a channel. He makes you a conduit, And he begins to say to you, there is need in Afghanistan. There is need in Haiti. There is need in Cuba. God does not just want you to put a roof over your head, shoes on your feet, clothes on your back. He wants you to be a channel for him. He wants you to be able to to govern the earth for him for too long he's been waiting but you have just been religious thinking you need to do something to qualify you don't need to do anything to qualify he qualified you do you understand he qualified you even when you were in sin and you did not know he chose you he died for you. He prepared everything for you. The heavens belong to him. The earth he has given to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have come to who? Your father. Okay? That's who you've come to. And Matthew 7, you know what it says? Matthew 7, 11. If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children... How many fathers would like to give something to their children? Oh, you would like to? Leave a house? Some couple of millions? You would like to give them a good estate? Say, you earthly fathers know how to do that. How much more? How much more? So who have you come to? Your father. Number two. Focus, focus 
on the holy attribute of God. Know whom you have come to and focus on who is. What are the holy attributes of God? <laughs> I say God holiness unlocks the door to understanding and making sense of everything else about him. You know, because he is holy, he cannot deny himself. Okay, let me share a scripture with you. I think that would help us. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22. I want you to listen to this. Therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign law says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name. Do you know when you buy a Ralph Lauren t-shirt and it has a hole and you take it back, they don't question you. What do they do? They take it. They ask you, how do you want your refund? Do you want to replace it? Do you want it in the card? Do you, if you paid cash, do you want your cash back? Because they are protecting the integrity of their holy name. God manufactured you. When you have a dent, it affects his reputation. So, when you go to the holies of holies and they see you crippled, they see you not walking straight, they see you mentally imbalanced, they see you crying all night, oh, they're all standing at attention and they're saying, what is happening? This is not what it's supposed to be. This one is from Zion. This affects our reputation. We are supposed to be governors, not peasants. Hallowed be your name. When you say that, what you're saying is your brand is exalted. That's why it says, my name will be above every other name. Hallowed be your name. It's not just, oh. it is a governmental revelation that God is putting his label on you. So when you say things are not working right, I don't understand. That's why you shouldn't say those negative things. You confuse the angels that have been deployed to work for you. Oh, I'm stupid. They're like, what? I'm a dumb, what? These are the languages in heaven. And you know when you're here? You are an ambassador. You are representing him. You don't need to think about your needs. Let me tell you how ambassadorship works. When a king conquers a territory, then he will say, oh, he calls out the ecclesia. It used to be here somewhere. He calls them out and will say to them, Come, you are the governing council. You are the senators. Now go to this place and conquer the place for me. And what should you do? Make them to understand that I have sent you. And tell them that my name is on you and you put it on them. So, I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know why we're still struggling, trying to get our resources from the economy of the world. It will fail. It is failing. But God can give us the wisdom to rise above it. Because the castle of the thousand ill belongs to him. The silver is his, the gold is his. You don't need to worship him, you just need to ask him. He says, ask and it shall be given unto you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. At what point did I tell you to beg? Cry? No. You know the reason you're begging? Because you're not aligned. Do you understand? So what am I doing today? We are in the garage. You know, that is why you should come to church. It's only in the church that you come to. And someone will fly almost the whole day to come and tell you that God loves you. And he's crying on a throne saying, will my people be aligned? All these treasures are sitting here and I don't need them. They're not, did someone tell, tell you a lie that you're going to walk the street of gold? I want to wear gold here. Because some of you are not aligned because of wrong ideology, wrong mentality, wrong indoctrination. You need to go and read Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Don't be conformed to what you have been taught if it is wrong. But be ye metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. So that you will know where your treasure is. My translation. Hello somebody. So what's the second thing? What's the second thing? Focus on the holy attribute of God. His name. Each time the patriarchs discover his name, they say, oh, almighty, the heavily breasted one, El Shaddai. Oh, it is the canal, my righteousness. He is my shepherd. So you need to come into that understanding of his revelation. He is Jehovah. He is Yahushua. He is my savior. He saves me totally. He takes all my brokenness. Do you understand? I don't care how broken you are this morning. You have come to the mechanics workshop. He has all the spare parts. He has all the spare parts. I remember one year I came. Pastor Joshua had to take me around. We were looking for the spare parts to one of our cars. I think the Honda, right? And we were looking for it. Now, if ordinary under manufacturer would be sensible enough to prepare spears for his damaged production, how much more? Whatever it is that is missing in your life, it will be restored today. In the name of Jesus. Number three, ask for his will. Ask for God's will. And what is God's will? Colonize the earth. That's his will. Colonize the earth. I will explain that in a little bit. You see, the world is a scene of contending forces. Why do the heathens rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The prince of this world take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. But he that sits in heaven, what will he do? He will laugh them into derision. And scorn them in his utmost displeasure. There is contention here. Making it to appear as if 
This is the real thing. The system of the world is telling you, you have to struggle. You have to fight for what has already been given to you. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to fight. Only one thing you need to do. You need to discover. There's a different thing. The moment I know that there is a treasure behind that wall kept for me, the moment I know, then I channel all my resources to that. But what the system of the world makes us to do is take us like on a wise good chase. We're going everywhere. This day you go here. You will go to different things. I have people in my, church, in my country, they will go to like seven churches. From here to here to there. And so they come out after seven days totally confused. Put your root down. If you are in this church, you are in a good church. Sorry for those of you that traveled from out of this church. Because you have to go back home. But if I were you, I would get all the resources I can get. And keep renewing my mind until I make that discovery. You don't need to fight. You don't need to struggle. What do you need to do? Discover. Once you discover, that is it. Okay? And then, sometimes when you discover, because you, we have been all around so many things, it's difficult to align that you'll be like Jesus. What did he do in the Garden of Gethsemane? He, he stayed there one hour. Another one hour. And one more hour. And what was he saying? Not my will, but just Lord. Because you don't want to be misaligned. You don't want him to have put your treasure there and you are going here. So what was he saying? Not my will, but yours. Can we for one minute do that? For one minute. Just say to God, she's you and I, my father, my daddy, my God. My king, my glory, the lifter of my head, my joy, my peace, my Jehovah's about, the one that fights my battle, and I hold my peace, my shepherd, my provider, not my will, but yours. Yours, Lord. Can you trust him with your life? So when you are praying purpose, you align yourself with his will. Then he will do to you what he did to Jacob. You know, Jacob was all over the place. Trying and struggling, supplanter, trying to get everything that has been really given to him. From the time he was born, saying, Esau, I mean, Jacob, I have I loved. Esau, have I hated. Jacob didn't even do anything about it. But he was struggling for what was already given to him. Then he didn't have to wrestle anymore. He had to wrestle with God himself. And that, that was a point of not my will, but yours. Then when he came out of it, he said, oh, and the Lord has been here. And I did not know. I'm saying to someone here, you've been going from place to place. What am I saying to you? The Lord says to tell you, I have been here. 
trying to reach you. And you did not know. You did not know. And some of you are here playing games. Don't play games with church. Those are activators of your destiny. And don't just be a passerby. You need to get involved. Do you get it? You know, we're here. Projector is working. Monitor. Lights. Air conditioning. Maybe in heater. I mean, winter heaters. The carpets need to be clean. What do you think they used to do that? I think they speak in tongues. Malibos. And it's clean. Some of you are cutting short your blessing because you're not committed financially to where you are supposed to be fed. So even when you receive the word, it does not profit you as much because you're not rooted in it. So what am I saying to you today? Connect with your source. Be rooted and planted. And Pay your dues. I call it dues because you're a bill-paying economy. What happens to you if you evade your tax in America? IRS. Is that what? They come to you. They arrest you and put you where? Many of you are under arrest. You are the one putting the handcuffs on yourself. Because the IRS of heaven is policing you. And he's saying, you are my child. I want you to be my steward. I want you to be a conduit through which I can reach the ends of the earth. But you have to start the discipline by being financial partner to the house. Very important. Pastor Martin and Pastor Led didn't send me. I'm telling you. Because I am also the wife of a general overseer of a church. And I see you all. The Pareto principle operates in church. We are just about 20% of the people who execute 80% of the work. And 80% of the people just loaf around. Putting too much strain on the 20%. But if all of us, someone say all of us. Because the Bible says it's the part that each of us supply. If all of us will commit to at least, at least, giving a tenth of what we have, at least, it will be so different. And then we can quickly, quicker, get to where we're going. I have to run now. See, you cost it. Number four, praise is your weapon. <laughs> Praise is your weapon. <laughs> we are called to unleash the power of praise and thanksgiving every day of the year. Praise is not what you do when you get the house. It's not what you do when you now finally get that contract. What is praise? Praise is not the trailing part, but it's more like the engine of a train that makes things happen. You know the engine of a train is in the front? Then you have all the coaches behind. Praise drags everything you need to you. What does it do? 
That's why he says, surely goodness and mercy will pursue you every day of your life. What should happen? Every day you enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. And then you sing like Job. Even though he slay me, yet will I praise him. I may not understand. They might have closed that contract. Are they foreclosing your house? That was just a two-bedroom and one bath. What God is said to do for you. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It has not come to the understanding of man. What God is able to do. He can rewrite your history. He can change your destiny. You made a mistake. God does not kill his children for making mistakes? No. When you are driving and you're using the navigator and you miss your turn, what does he do? Somebody say reset. reset. So, messed up, you're my candidate. He will reset. And here, I wish you can see. I can see angels all around. They have been assigned for you. You're no ordinary citizen. You're no ordinary. I'm going to run. So, you should praise God. And it's important you do that. Number five, say what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. Just say what you need. I need a car. I need a car. I need two children. I need my children to go to college. I don't want them to be vagabonds. You will decree a thing and it shall be established because that's what he wants. You are a king. Say what you need. With a heart man believes, with a mouth confession is made. Say what you need. There's a young lady in our church. She said, I want to be a director by 30. And at 29, she was already a director. I said, your, 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 your proclamation was too small. Step it up. Step it up. Now, I want you to close your eyes for one minute. No, 10 seconds. Close it. I want you to see what you want. I want you to see what you want. Don't worry. Don't act like I can't afford it, but close it for one second. Two more. I want to have a chain of real estate. I want to have a nursing home. I want to have a legal practice. I want to have a set of twins. What do you need? Say. Can you see? I want you to see it. The physical eyes may be confused because of misalignment. But the inner eye sees what God has made you to be. Can you see now? Is somebody seeing something? If you're seeing your house, your, your dream house, you're seeing that company, the LLC Incorporated. Are you seeing that check? Are you seeing it? Say it. Now say it. Say it. Say, I will get, I'm, I'm getting that. Say that. Say it with confidence. Say it. The Lord shall supply all. All. Now number six. Ask for, ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. I'll tell you what I mean by that. 
You know, in the, so forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The Greek text more literally means release us from debts. Release us from debts. The older translations says, deliver us from temptation or trespasses. And the parallel says, deliver us from sins. So let me tell you, the assumption is that sin is a debt. God is a holy God, remember? Shall we continue in sin and expect the grace of God to abound? Where I come from, they'll say, to fear That means never. You can't. You can't live in sin. Because the one who called you is what? Holy. I don't care what's your fundamental human rights. You're not a citizen of America. Hi. That's why everything you think and you think it starts and ends here. The moment you understand that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, then you understand that from this room, somebody said from this room. That's what the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit now. From this room. Businesses are going to spring up that will touch the ends of the earth. From here. You will have staff in India, in China, in Nigeria, everywhere. They will be answerable to you. But you need to strip yourself from sin. You can't do that. Because your father is what? Holy. So whatever it is, I'll, I'll be praying for us shortly. The sin that easily beset you. What you're struggling with. Are there singles here? I know in America, once you're 15, 16, you start having sex. It is a sin. It will never be acceptable. If you've been doing it, what should you do? Stop it. My mama did it. My grandmama did it. Oh, yeah. They didn't know. I started doing it. Now you know. So what do you do? Stop. If you're having problems, come to the pastors. Let them help you. Because the standard of God is up there. And it won't lower heat for you. Hallelujah. Not only should you for ask God to forgive your sins, you should forgive the sins of others. Release them. When you ask God to forgive you, what you're saying is, God, release me. If people have sinned against you today, what are you going to do to them? Release them. Forgive us our sin as we forgive others their sins. Practice the holiness of God. Hallelujah. And then, finally, I'm going to say, Lead us not into temptation. Jesus, after fasting and praying for 40 days, was led by the Spirit of God for 40 days. I mean, was led by the Spirit of God to be tempted by the devil. Sometimes some things come into our lives. Not because we sin, not because we're wrong, not because we are not aligned, but because they are ingredients to our destiny. It was important for David to be in the house of Saul. So some of you sometimes go through very hard times. It's because God 
is training you. Because where he's taking you is mighty. The experiences you are going through, they are what you're going to use in the next generation. That you may be able to comfort others by the comfort that you have received. There was a woman who did not have a child for so long. But after 16 IVFs, she now had a child. When she stands with expectant mothers, she knew what to say. Because she would become a high priest that's touched by the feeling of their infirmities. It's not just about you. So when you tell him to deliver you from temptation, why are you saying, help me, take my hand in the time of trial. Hold me when I cannot explain it. When I do not understand. Because I trust my hand, my life into your hands. I'll share finally three more scriptures. Second Timothy 3. May the Lord direct your heart into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In this age of drive-through, we just drive-through, get our coffee, a Starbucks, drive-through, get a milkshake, a McDonald's. There is a time when you have to tarry and wait. Because God does not walk with time. He walks with dispensations and seasons. And he would not activate it until the season has come. So I want us to pray today. If there's anyone here this morning who wants to command the morning, Job chapter 38, verse 12 says, Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? Have you ever? Pastor Martin said the reset starts this evening. That means the opportunity for the dawn has come. I want one, two, three people who wants to reset their life to give command to it. If you're that person, stand. As a king, we're going to decree. What do you want? It may be far bigger than what your parents told you. No one might have done that in your family. Zechariah. When the angel met him and said, you're going to have a son, he doubted. So God had to mute him. When the son was born, they said, what would be the name of the son? The wife said, John. They said, nobody bears John in your family. Then they went to the father, which signs he said to them, John. There is somebody here giving birth to a John. And that John is going to be the forerunner to breakthroughs. Because no one has ever done it in your family. It does not mean it will not happen. God is changing your stature. Nobody has ever made it. But he's giving you a platform. It's raising a new platform for you. Have you ever given orders to the morning? Have you ever? Now you have the power to do that. Mm. I want you to say something to your future. I want you to redirect it. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to graduate magna cum laude. I'm going to go debt free. I'm going to be pregnant. When 
Jehochebed, the mother of Moses, even in the midst of a decree that every male child should be killed, had the baby, she said, and she saw that she was a good, he was a good child. You're going to decree, I'm going to have a good child. My child is not going to be wayward. I'm going to start that business. I am healed. Him alone bore my sicknesses and infirmities. The chastisement that made for my peace was upon him. And by his stripes I was healed. Some of you, your mother died of cancer at 60. Your auntie at 57. Your grandmother at 90 or whatever. You're not going to die of cancer. You can change the narrative. You can change it now. I want someone to command the morning. Speak to your future. Like you have the scepter in your hand. Say, I will walk the street of gold. I will rule over nations. Kings will serve me. Nations will be my nursing mothers. My product will be in the palace of no noble people. The higher your brand, the higher the premium you can place on it. An outdoor bag will sell for $60. A Louis Vuitton bag will sell for $2,000. The same size. Increase, increase your stature. Isaiah 49 says, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? I would not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are ever before me. This is the word of the Lord to you this morning. I want you to meditate on that for a bit. And that's the end of my message. Hallelujah.